Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. I hope you're having a wonderful day or evening, night, 
whenever you're listening to this podcast. So we appreciate you taking the time. Today, I have a great conversation with Kian Leji. And Kian is a former NFL athlete turned life dating success coach for established top performers. And he specializes in feminine masculine dynamics. And he has a really interesting story that you'll hear him share at the top of the show of how his life as a NFL football player came to an end and how he got started on this journey to help people live more fully embodied lives. And today, that's exactly what we talk about. We talk about connecting to our body in order to make decisions and show up better for ourselves and better in relationships. So whether you're single, dating, or in a relationship, you'll find today's episode really valuable for just the tools to, to check in with ourselves, to listen to our intuition, and then act on it. And Kian gives us some great actionable tools to do just that. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Kian. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Hey, how's it going? I'm glad to be here. So in the pre-show, we were talking about how I did a bit of a deep dive into your story, and I thought it'd be really valuable to share with our listeners a little bit about your background and this pivotal moment in your life, in your professional life that kind of shifted a lot of things for you. And then we'll tie that into dating and relationships. So why don't we start with that? Okay, awesome. Yeah, so I, I uh, had the opportunity to play in the NFL. My process of getting there was one of a very masculinely dominated essence in that I knew exactly what I need to do. And I went all in on that from a standpoint of pushing, 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 making things happen and pushing myself past the point that maybe I, I needed to, to get what I wanted. And I believe that is what ended my career in that I had a neck injury to where I could never play again. Uh, that pivoted me to a different path, which was one of a little more tapping into my deeper sense of flow and my feminine essence and being able to attract and create the life that I wanted through integrating that part of myself, not just through the masculine part of forcing and pushing and making things happen. Let's talk a little bit about that realization. Can you talk us through like what it feels like to be in in that masculine, you know, obviously as a competitive professional athlete, I played college basketball myself. It's something that once I started to deconstruct, it was like, man, this is really running my programming. Like I'm so forceful in, in trying to get what it is that I want. And sometimes at the expense of relationships, you know, we're going to tie this into that. So can you share a little bit more details about that realization for you and maybe how it was showing up in other areas of your life? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, being a college athlete, especially being a football player, you learn how to disconnect from your body very well. You learn how to ignore it and push through pain and make things happen. And so what the, a lot of the feminine is, is actually connecting with your body and being able to communicate with it in a way of letting that be part of your guidance system. Uh, when you play a, a collegiate a sport, 
you mentally know what you have to do and you make it happen. You make your body fit that narrative at all costs, separate from what your body might be telling you. And that was a scary part for me with getting to the NFL was that I knew there was part of me. My body is trying to tell me that, hey, Kian, th- this isn't right for you. You can't do this uh, because of a neck injury that I had. And fortunately, regardless of what my head said, pushing past that, I, I was forced out of the sport because of an MRI result of my neck. But the doctor saying I was at a risk factor of 3.5 out of 4 to get paralyzed if I would have played. So thank God there was, I believe, a a God moment in that of saying, okay, Kian, you're going to completely disregard your body and how you're feeling. Well, I'm going to make it so this situation happens where we're going to force you out of it and push you onto a different path. So that was really powerful to see uh, in that experience. And it scared me a little bit. It scared me from the standpoint of I knew that I was willing to push past all physical discomfort and this part of my body that said, hey, Kian, we can't do this just to play a sport. Uh, so that really fascinated me. And I wanted to, to go deeper into what it would be like to create a life of my greatest desire through being able to be connected to my body and not disconnected from it while also being able to push it at the same time. How hard was it to come to that realization that you couldn't play? And then, at least for myself, a a big thing that I tried to unpack when I got away from competitive sports, and this could go for anyone in their career, you don't have to be a competitive athlete, but I think there's parallels between an identity, right? Like, this is who I am. You know, you were this high-level football player, and then suddenly you're not. And that can come with a lot of struggles and in, in understanding who I am, what my worth is. Like I said, I don't want to project on you, but for me, I had a lot of my self-worth tied up in being a competitive athlete and a try to get away from that. And like I said, a listener could be like tied up in their career. Was that something that, that you had to battle with? Yeah, you know, you know, it actually wasn't. And I had a little bit of a different experience in that after I got the news that I'd never be able to play again. It was heartbreaking. You know, since I was 10 years old, I drew a picture in third grade saying what I wanted to do when I was older, which is be an NFL athlete. So it was devastating in that moment to hear the news. And I cried for a couple hours in my, in my hotel room being by myself. But after that, that rush of emotion came over me and I experienced it. I actually found a, a slight sense of relief. There was a, a pressure that I was putting on myself to make this thing happen. And that's what my, how my brain works is it, it locks onto a target. And obviously that target had been there for a long time and says, I'm going to go get it at all costs. And so I think it was more the breaking of that, that mental idea of what I knew was what I wanted. Uh, and then, but once that was broken and I experienced the emotion associated with it, there was the relief of a little bit of that pressure that I put on myself to make it happen uh, that was gone. And it was a little bit confusing to experience that because what I wanted was to play in the NFL for so long. And and then to experience that relief was like, okay, what? that's kind of odd. But for me, I guess that's just how I function in that it's a little easier for me to pivot from one thing to another. And And I find that through my time playing football, I never allowed the sport to overly define me as a person. Uh, it never took over my identity as far as being who I was. Now, obviously, it was a massive part of my life, 
in that being a college athlete, it's part of my 24 seven clock at all times, but how I interacted with people, how I went about my life, preparing myself outside of the sport for my future, how I maintain uh, relationships during that time. I believe all contributed to my ability to have a little bit more of a, a seamless pivot in the process. That makes sense. And that is obviously a healthier perspective if we're not defining ourselves by our career or, or athletics. And like I said, for me, that was something I, I did have to unpack. And as this relates to, to relationships, you mentioned being very driven and having an idea of what you want and forcing your way towards that. Was that also a mentality that that showed up in relationships or how did that translate? So during that time, as for as far as intimate relationships goes, I was incredibly selective with who I allowed into my space. Uh, it needed to be someone that was going to add a lot of value to me. And I actually didn't date during that time. I think I was more focused on the sport and uh, growing and building friendships and familiar relationships outside of that. So I actually was more focused on the other things rather than the intimate relationship during that time. And what allowed you to have that perspective? Because there's people out there listening who are dating, single and dating, and there could be this pressure of trying to meet your person, you know, and, and you said you were more focused on developing friendships and, and other kind of relationships. And I found personally that that's also a place that I really like to be in because I feel almost more whole that I'm developing relationships, but not romantic relationships, relationships with, with friends. And what kind of guidance would you give someone who's listening, who who is single, who is trying to date, but not to get out of balance with cultivating other relationships, friendships versus romantic yeah, that, that's an incredible question. And, you know, I, I come from, I'm from South Dakota. And if anybody knows anything about South Dakota and, and the Midwest is that we're very family oriented. And with that can come a little bit of pressure to get involved in a relationship very young and to find your partner at a young age and to even have some judgment for yourself if you're not or you don't, because most people around you are doing that. So I come from that. And that pressure for me was always real. And to be honest, still is. It's, it's probably one of the biggest things that I've had to work through for myself uh, in regard to not feeling like I have to or need to get it as soon as possible. And, and the, actually, the older I get, the more okay that I've become uh, with not having it. Now, I'm very grateful that I wasn't someone that came to the pressure of it and was constantly in and out of relationships. I was able to be relatively integrous with not feeling that that deep connection with someone and then not forcing with getting into a relationship with them. So I think I, I my mental fortitude was strong enough to overpower the programming of where I'm from. Uh, but I, I want to acknowledge how powerful that programming can be, uh, especially if you're in a place where people get married young and you're almost looked down upon if you're not in a relationship. So that pressure can be really real. But there was something inside of me that was just like, I don't, I, I can't settle. Like I can't settle. And I was very connected to my heart and 
what I desired for myself. And so despite there being the, the familiar and the societal programming that was really present, I was able to bypass that. Uh, but still, I want to, I still want to acknowledge the, the, uh, games that my brain would try to play to push me into getting into a dynamic that actually didn't feel 100% right in my body and how difficult that can actually be to, to deal with. But honestly, I, I attribute a lot of my success in all areas of life to my ability to be with the tension of my programming or societal programming compared to what my heart truly desires. And that can be one of the most difficult things that we can do. But that's where I believe fulfillment comes from is, is being able to sit in the tension of not going all the way in on something that doesn't really connect to, our, to ourselves at the heart level and not making a decision for a relationship from a place of, well, you know, I, I might not find somebody better or this opportunity with this person might not happen again. And really being able to get outside of some of those emotions that you're experiencing that are really just familiar and societal programming and staying connected to your heart and being in the tension of staying connected to your heart. That's a big one, connected to our heart and understanding what it is that we even want and then listening to it. So let's unpack that a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about your process in tuning in with yourself to understand what it is that you want and then that ability to listen to it. You said you you did struggle with that a bit. I think we all go through that, but some people aren't even tuning into what it is that we want and what we want is changing. It's a difficult thing. So can you walk us through your process? Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to preface with this. I, I'm a deep feeler and uh, by by nature. And so I've had to like having connection and creating connection with people has not been a difficult thing for me. And so in my process of, of dating, it's been actually one of being able to be more guarded up front intentionally, because I know what happens when I, when I allow myself to get deeper into something, I can, I, I can overlook certain things. And there is things that I truly desire in my partner that I, I want to be non-negotiables. And so being a lover uh, and being someone that can create connection really easily with people, it's really important for me to be able to define what some of those baseline non-negotiables are and then not allow myself to go deeper into an intimate relationship that I know doesn't fulfill some of those things, but more so the deeper feeling inside of me that says, this isn't right. Uh, and I think what can ha happen really easily for, for many people is that they can get into something and their heart can be saying, no, I don't think this is right. And especially, I want to say women in particular, uh, allowing themselves to get into something, their heart saying, no, it's not right. And then they go into that relationship and get hurt, even though their heart knew that it wasn't right. And then what they'll do is, They'll blame the feminine part of themselves that, that surrendered to that experience and say that they're now, this is happening unconsciously, but say that their feminine isn't safe and that when they surrender in an experience that their feminine can't be trusted. So a lot of women will put on these, these masculine masks uh, to not have to be in that feminine because of the pain associated with it. 
But in reality, what happened was it wasn't the, the feminine surrendering that was the issue. And the feminine isn't weak. It was your absence of your ability to sit in attention of what your heart knew wasn't right. And so because you weren't in the space of being able to say no when your heart said no, you fell into something that you knew wasn't right. And you blame your feminine essence instead of being able to blame your inability to sit in the tension of, of that no that was actually present in the first place. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. I've been pitched quite a few products claiming they're going to blow my mind, and I'm always a bit skeptical. I'm also never the one to give into hype, but this time my mind has officially been blown by Foria, and I'm excited to share it with you all. Imagine your best orgasm. Now imagine that it could be even better. With Foria, it's beyond possible. Foria makes award-winning sex and intimacy products made with all-natural and plant-based ingredients and CBD designed to increase pleasure and relieve any discomfort, whether you're solo or with a partner. Foria will transform your sex life. Their products are made to help women and people with vulvas fully experience their sexual pleasure. Think intensely heightened orgasms. My favorite product is Foria's bestseller, Awaken Arousal Oil. It is the ultimate pleasure pregame. Using CBD and warming sensation inducing organic botanicals that enhance arousal, sensitivity, pleasure, and access to orgasms, the oil is like a juicy warm up that makes me feel incredibly relaxed, open, and honestly, just turned on. Foria has a serious cult following, and for good reason, with tens of thousands of people who have had their sex lives transformed through using their products. So yes, you have my permission to try this. I fully endorse you to go ahead and treat yourself to more deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it as often as possible, and you can start with a bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash I do or use the code I do at checkout. That's foria, F-O-R-I-N, wellness.com forward slash I do for 20% off your first order. I recommend trying their Awaken Arousal and Sex Oil. You'll thank me later. When you look at your hair, are you 100% happy with it? For years, I tried every product under the sun, hoping they would help me improve my hair health and help me reach my hair goals. I live at the beach and the sun and the salt do a number to my hair, always leaving it feeling dry and brittle. It always feels like an uphill battle trying to keep it soft and smooth. So you can imagine how excited I am to partner with Vegamore. And I cannot wait to try their products. From silky results to high quality ingredients, I've heard only amazing things. Vegamore is known for transforming hair. Their holistic approach to hair health uses smart botanicals that promote visibly thicker, fuller, longer looking hair. With help from Vegamore, you can get healthy, beautiful looking hair without the use of harmful chemicals. All their products are cruelty free and never contain parabens or hormones. Vegamore has something for everyone looking to improve their hair health. The Grow Revitalizing Shampoo and Conditioner Kit works together to create visibly thicker hair and improve hair from the roots. Just massage the shampoo into your scalp for 60 seconds, then follow up with conditioner. 
It's as simple as that. Just by looking at all the reviews, tons of people are calling their products a game changer for their hair. I cannot wait to try it. It's easy to incorporate into your routine and see the results pretty quickly. And you can feel good knowing the ingredients are not harmful for you or the environment. With Vegamore, there is no risk when trying because they have a 90-day money-back guarantee. But with 91% of customers saying they saw visibly thicker hair with Vegamore in just three months, you will not want to run out. Get the hair you've always wanted with Vegamore. Go to vegamore.com slash I do and use the code I do to save 20% off your first order. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash I do and use the code I do to save 20% off at vegamore.com slash I do. That's a big thing is, you know, the head and the heart, because I think a lot of times in our head, if we stop and really listen and pause and get intentional, we'll know the right thing to do. But then our heart may be saying another for all kinds of different reasons. We're talking about being in a relationship. Your intuition is like, this is not working. This person and I were just not meant to be for a variety of reasons. But and that could be in our head, but our heart is like, oh, really hurts you know, there's a big fear of loss. I think that's a huge thing that a lot of people operate from, including, you know, I include myself there, that we may know what we really should be doing, but it's like the anticipated pain of, let's say, breaking up with someone will prevent us. And that's how I think a lot of people stay in bad relationships. So what you're saying is is really tuning into that and making that decision. But it's one of those things that we really have to practice, be conscious of. Are there any specific kind of tools or tips that you can share with tapping into to what it is that we want, but but then acting on it? Yeah, I think in particular, it's really powerful to be able to stay in your body in an experience. So when you're with someone, being able to stay in touch with your body of what you're experiencing in the presence of that person, is it anxiousness? Is it uh, fear? Is it calmness? Is it joy? And being able to stay in your body allows that clarity to emerge of what you're really experiencing for that person separate from what your head is trying to make that person out to be, right? A lot of the times if we see things that we really like in someone else, our heads like to fill in the cracks of who we think that person could be based off what we desire in a partner instead of being able to stay in our bodies and what we're actually experiencing with that person and making it more about their actions rather than the words that are coming out of their mouth and uh, the cracks that our brain is trying to fill in to make them be somebody that they might not be. So in an experience with somebody, being able to come back to your body and ask yourself, "How how am I really feeling in this experience? Do I feel connected to my body right now or do I feel less connected to it? Can be a greater indicator of what you're really feeling for this person separate from the words coming out of their mouth and from your brain's capacity of trying to fill in the cracks of who it wants that person to be to fulfill a certain desire that you have. That's such a powerful exercise to be able to do and to take that pause. And I want to reiterate that we need to 
be with someone. We need to love someone for who they are, not who they can be, who we want them to be, who we think they can grow into. It's like those are nice things to, to kind of visualize in a sense if you're visualizing a future with a person, but to radically accept who they are in that moment as an imperfect person because we all are and not like, oh, they're great and we do this and I enjoy being around them, but they have this one thing that we don't align on, but I know that they can change that and they'll change that. It's like, you gotta go, if they never change that, I'm okay with that, how they are right now in that kind of acceptance. It's a big deal. Absolutely. And you, you said it, loving somebody as they, they really are. And if you are someone that is is a lover and you do fall relatively easily, it's important for you to create guards up in the beginning of really sitting back and staying in your body separate from trying to love that other person. It's not about trying to love that other person as quick as possible and loving them for who they are right away. You first have to feel into your body and see if this person's even worthy of receiving that love that you have to give, right? So it's not even about loving that person for who they are right away, but but deciding if this is someone that you want to give that love to. And then once you come to terms with that idea, that this is someone that you do want to give that love to, then it's, okay, this is who they are. This is amazing. But I know it can be very easy for, for people that can love easy uh, or that can get very connected to people very easily to immediately fall into that unconditional loving place and then get hurt over and over again. So it's important for people that are like that to be able to set some of those parameters early on of some of those guards, not because you're guarded and have a, a problem with loving, but because it's, it's actually responsible for you to do in protecting your own heart. Yeah, I think I understand what you mean by that of not being guarded and, and like closing your heart off, but being aware of, uh, at least for me, it's like this thing of wanting to be in that loving space. And like you said, someone that's falls in love easily or, or loves easily, I would definitely put myself in that category. And so it's almost like we have to look at why that is. You know, for me, I think it's this desire to be liked. And of course, it feels good to be in a loving relationship. But but this underlying history, you know, obviously, you can go back to your parents, like, were you always trying to win the approval of your parents? Well, you're going to bring that into your adult relationships and taking that pause and going, am I continuing with this person because of a more objective standpoint of like, we match and our value is aligned? Or Am I just trying to kind of win their love in the same way that I tried to do that with my parents? Again, that, that's a personal example, but it, all these things play out. But I think that's an important pause to constantly be doing to understand what the place is that we're acting from. Absolutely. What I, that's an incredible point. And that's where the, the emphasis of coming back to your body and, okay, is this something that I'm liking? Is this something that I'm enjoying? Is this someone that I can really see myself enjoying the presence of and be able to get outside of that? How can I get the approval? But coming back into you and saying, does this really fulfill me? Does this really fulfill me? Does this really fulfill me? And so you can feel, you can kind of feel the energy of the essence of, of how can I win this person's approval? It's really like, how do I say, like high pitch, kind of like frantic, out of your body type of energy of, 
how can I get this person to, to fall and like me at all costs? And it's really ungrounded. And so there's a groundedness that comes from being able to come back to your body and having that, those constant conversations of, am I still fulfilled in this? Like, is this actually what I desire in this interaction? And I think that's what happens a lot of the times is we can be in, in the interaction of trying to win somebody over. We can get so disconnected from our deeper sense of desire and what we want. And for many people that are in that place, they never have actually taken the time to, to ask themselves those questions because they've gotten so good at making it about getting the approval of other people instead of actually making it about the desires that they have inside of themselves or, or the desires that you have inside of yourself in an interaction. So for someone that has is predisposed to uh, wanting to get that approval rather than making it about what they desire, making it a practice of consistently coming back to your body, coming back to you and asking yourself the questions, am I fulfilled in this still? Is this someone that I actually really want to spend time with? And having that dialogue with yourself separate from that voice that's trying to just get that approval or the love uh, from the other person. Do you have a specific exercise that someone could do to tap into the body and to practice listening? Yeah, I think it's like what I do is I, I just sit with myself. I just like sit with myself and I get away from, from some of the craziness. and. I say that person's name aloud or, or in my head and I just feel what it feels like to me. So w- what's it feel like? Does, does it, does it feel like it's something that I want to move towards Does it feel like maybe just something short term that, that we can learn from each other in, in some way. Uh, and really just like feeling what that person feels like in my body and then having that dialogue with myself. And that's where, I, ta- I said it's like this high-pitched, frantic, fast-paced uh, energy of how do I get – it's like this anxious energy of how do I get this approval. And you can combat that by creating space of stillness where you're connecting to your body and really having that internal dialogue with yourself. And I think that's something that many people don't do that have some more of that maybe uh, anxious uh, attachment style of really just trying to gain the approval it's a lot of being outside of, of their body and being able to sit down with yourself and connecting with it in that way. Uh, something that I love to do to, to get myself into that space, because I know it can be difficult if you're very good at connecting with other people at a deep level to just get in your body. So sitting down might be, and, and having that dialogue could do it for you. But if you're, if you're already really in your head and you're in that frantic place, it can be difficult to connect. And so that's why it's important to have activities that you know really connected to your body. You know, I love lifting weights. Lifting weights is like one of my favorite things in the world, heavy weight. But it doesn't, it connects me to my body, but it still keeps me in my head a little bit. But one activity that I personally love for myself is a cycle beats class. So I'm moving my body with the music. So there's an instructor and, he, and he's taking us through a cycling class where we're connected to the music and I'm really in my body at the same time. And so that gets me into a really connected place where I feel like I have that capacity to have that good open dialogue with my body and with myself, where my head isn't painting it and trying to make something be something other than it is. So it's important for for us uh, as people that are very good at, at 
connecting with others and gaining approval of others to have activities that we know connect us to our bodies. And for some people, it's dancing. For me, it's like the cycle beats class that I love uh, and trying different things. Maybe it's a yoga class that really connects you to your body. And then being able to, after those activities, sitting down and having that dialogue. I love it. And we've mentioned this on the podcast in the past, but just going on a walk, you know, just tuning in, moving your body, taking that pause can be so valuable. And I think for relationships, for any decision in our lives, really taking the time to check in as you've been describing, to listen to ourselves, to listen through our body, like how these feelings are coming up. The body has a lot of wisdom and there's intuition there that if we take the space and take that pause to listen, we'll know what to do. And the more we honor that through our decisions, the more we build that muscle that it it becomes more and more automatic, that we're honoring ourselves in a relationship. If it's unhealthy, we're tapping in and then we're exiting it. Or if it's great, we're continuing to cultivate it, but always checking in with ourselves in the ways that that you've described so nicely. Yeah, absolutely. And and I want to say, especially for uh, women, I think women in particular, in their essence, are much more naturally connected to their bodies. And when, when we get outside of that, uh, it's, it's easy. And I say this because I, I've spent the majority of this year only working with women in, in my practice and realizing that so much of the genius that women have is in their bodies and being able to drop down and connect to that is really important. And then for men, I, I found that a healthy relationship with your body is very important. But when you have unresolved things in your body, it makes your brain not clear. And I think men inherently, our, our essence is more of the mental. And when we get outside of that, and we don't have capacity to think clearly, because there is some of that unresolved emotion in our body, that takes away from our mental game of being able to know if, if the situation is, is right or not for us. So I actually believe because our inherent essences are different, women learning how to connect deeper with their bodies and getting out of their heads is where their genius is at. But for for men in particular, it's more about being able to clear out some of the emotion in the body and being able to connect with the clear head so we have the mental discernment to know if something is right or not and actually getting out of our emotions uh, a little bit. So I don't know if that makes sense at all, but that that's what I believe is the inherent difference between uh, men and women. It makes a lot of sense. And I don't think the podcast is live, but maybe by the time this one is, but I actually recorded with a researcher who has a book coming out talking about the biological differences between men and women in on a biological level, women are able to think more clearly with both hemispheres of their brain. And while men are much more tapped into only being able to be in the rational brain or in the emotional brain separately, whereas women's brains are more easily able to think through things using both. And that speaks a lot to what you're saying of tapping into that intuition. It's a bit of a superpower in some ways, but it doesn't mean that a man can't cultivate that intuition, tapping into the body and being able to do that. So listeners, uh, we'll 
try to put that in the show notes to that other episode. But it's all fascinating stuff, Kian. And I really appreciate you coming on the show today, sharing your knowledge. Before we wrap up, please tell our listeners where they can find out more about you online. And if there's anything we skipped over or you want to emphasize, and then we'll say goodbye. All right. Awesome. No, Chase, this has been absolutely fantastic. I've loved this interview. And you've done such a great job of, of facilitating an awesome space where I can share some of this. So first, thank you for creating such an incredible space for all this to be shared. And you can find me at kianloggy.com. I am actually not on Instagram. I do have a relative Facebook presence. So you can find me Kian Loggy, And I'm sure that you'll put the, the spelling of that in the show notes. But those are the two places that you can find me along with Googling me. You'll find a lot of podcasts that I've done. and You can find a little more information as well. Well, thank you so much, Kian. Yeah, we'll have the links to your website in our show notes and at idopodcast.com. And thanks for taking the time to come on the show today. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge... We really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark my relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners. If you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock, we've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com